It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. What's good, Wizards fans? It's your host, the real Ed Oliver and Brandon Scott. And today we're going to preview Tyus Jones' season. Let's get to it. You are Locked On Wizards, your daily Washington Wizards podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Wizards your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get podcasts. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more right now. New customers can get can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. So got my guy Brandon Scott and myself ready to talk about Tyus Jones and preview his season. We're going to be doing a player-by-player -player breakdown as the season comes along. Uh, media Day is coming up soon. The Wizards got a fashion show next week. I want to say next Wednesday at the Wharf in D.C., so we may joke around a little bit and talk about that at the end of the episode. We'll, we'll see. We, we'll, we'll definitely talk about it before it happens and uh, <laughs> have some fun with that. But before we get into Tyus Jones and his season, we're just going to talk about uh, what we think his role is going to be in this season and uh, expectations for him, but uh, or minute minute expectations, uh, playing time expectations. But before we get into that, uh, there was an article from NBA.com. It was the top five most underrated moves from the 2023 offseason. The first one was Seth Curry signing with the Dallas Mavericks. Number two was Obi Toppin traded to the Indiana Pacers. Number three was Javon Carter signing with the Chicago Bulls. Number four on the list was Tyus Jones traded to the Washington Wizards in a three-team deal. So I'm going to read the article real quick. Uh, the, the article said Tyus Jones has already established himself as one of the top backup point guards in the league and now gets a chance at a starting gig in D.C. after being a reserve for much of his first eight seasons in the league, nine, in the league 94 starts of 535 career games. However, it is important to look at Jones' production in those limited starts. Last season, Tyus Jones started 22 games, averaged 16 points a game, eight assists while shooting 50% from the field and 41% from the three-point range on nearly five attempts per game. Tyus Jones also led the NBA in assist-to-turnover ratio, not an impressive, at an, at an impressive 5.64 assists per turnover. Jones is a steady playmaker that doesn't turn the ball over and can knock down three-pointers at a 40% clip. All right, B, so what's your thoughts on Tyus Jones, the acquisition, and uh, how do you think – what do you think his role is going to be this year, and uh, how many minutes a game do you think he's going to get? Ooh, good question, man. Uh, big fan of Tyus Jones, man. I liked him in Memphis. liked him at Duke. You know, I even like his brother, man, in San Antonio. So it's a win-win here. Um, I think that, you know, like they said, it's a very under-the-radar move because, you know, he's definitely one of the better, if not the best, backup points. Um, I think he will fit with this roster. But, you know, we always talk about things as far as, like, you know, you look at BC and AD. It's kind of like before the deadline and after the deadline, right? Um, I think that expectations before the deadline, you know, I think he's going to be able to utilize these shooters. You know, with him – with, with Jordan Poole and Kyle Kuzma on the outside, Corey Kispert on the outside, he's going to have the ability to kind of be that floor general, utilize the shooters. 
Uh, we'll see what kind of pace he sets. Um, is he a guy that really drives the lane? He's a guy who, you know, he's got that floater. You know, he has the ability to come inside, get some quality shots inside the paint. But, you know, comparing him to John Wall, not a comparison. You know, he's not a guy who's going to go well, blazing speed, but he, he's more of a flow general. So my expectations are before the deadline, I think he's going to do well. I think, you know, he could – and, you know, you already – before I get into it, you already mentioned the fact that, you know, ball security. You know, we're talking about football. talking about the commanders, which, you know, they have a total lack of ball security. Um, <laughs> the fact that he doesn't turn the ball over is a big deal especially at point guard position, you know what I mean? Because, you know, Jordan Poole, I know a lot of people want him to be the guy, but, you know, ball security is something that he needs to kind of work on. So I think he's going to learn well under a guy who's been there and done that, Tyus Jones. So, you know, my expectations uh, from a statistical standpoint, I, I could see him averaging around 12, 13, uh, about seven, eight assists. And uh, you look at his stats from last year, he averaged, where are you at, Tyus, man? Um, I believe he averaged around 10, 2.5 rebounds. So, oh, here we go. Uh, 2.3 rebounds and then about five assists, and he shot 43.8% for the field. So, you know, I like to see similar. I mean, with him starting, I like to see him average around 12, 13 points. You know, obviously, he's not going to be a focal point offensively. Like, you know, your Kyle Kuzma, Jordan Poole, you know, the list goes on. But assist-wise, I definitely want to see his assist goes up, go up from 5.2 to maybe 8. You know, if he hit 10, I think we definitely cook it with oil, man. But I, he's definitely going to solidify himself at point guard the first half. But at the deadline, I think he's moved. You know, I think that long term, they're definitely going to try to implement Jordan Poole point guard. And so you, 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 you're kind of seeing, you know, you know, he's playing for exposure, value. You're trying to get his value up at the trade deadline. So, but, you know, going back to fit, I think he's a perfect fit. I think we need a floor general. You know, Monte Morris was he a floor general per se? Ah, the, you know, the skeptics are out on that. Spencer Dinwiddie, ah, you know, we need a guy who's going to be able to utilize shooters because you best believe he, Jordan Poole and Kyle Kuzma, and really, you know, you look at shooters like um, Corey Kispert, you're going to get a lot of shots off. So we need a guy who's not, we need a guy who doesn't need all the, all the attention on the offense, who can, you know, collapse the defenses, but, you know, really find the shooters on the outside. I think he's going to do well. So if stats wise, again, I would like to see him average above 10, you know, 12, 13 points. I'd like to see around eight assists. And again, the biggest stat that you brought up was the fact that he doesn't turn the ball over a lot. So that does two things. You know, it's more of a more fluid offense. And two, we need Jordan Poole to learn. You know, if you learn from a guy who he's all about ball security, you know, he's definitely going to learn from him. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm very intrigued with um, him going forward, man. I, I like to see how this offense is run because – you know, I don't want to get my hopes up too much because he's not going to be here next year. So it's kind of one of those deals, man. You know what I mean? But I think he's going to do well. I think that the offense is definitely going to look more fluid. Now, the only thing I'm kind of inquisitive about is how is the float offense? Are they going to push the ball? Is it going to be more of a half-court game? That remains to be seen. And I think that, you know, little things out of the training camp and even the preseason is kind of going to give us a little window of what to expect. Yeah, uh, I mean, you brought up a good point. It's been a revolving door at the point guard position ever since John Wall left. You got Russ, Spencer, and then uh, Monte Morris. But I, I think this is a great opportunity. I do think it's an underrated move uh, getting him now. That trade, that three-team trade is kind of like, oh, man, the Celtics, how did they get two first-round picks? Grizzly ended up with Marcus Smart. So it's like if, when, when I got the notification for the trade and I saw two first-round picks, I was like, wow, we're not the team getting the first-round picks. Uh, but it is what it is on that, and uh, I think we got a guy that is a is a is a a good point guard that doesn't turn the ball over, high assist to turnover ratio. That's that's kind of a a buzzword assist to assist, buzzwords assist to turnover ratio. 
DeLon Wright is good with that. Monte Morris was good with that last year. But I think Tyus Jones is a better scorer than Monte Morris, especially when he when he gets the opportunity to start. John Morant was out a lot last year with the suspension. Tyus Jones stepped up and had some big games. They called him Tyus Stones as the Locked On Grizzlies host came on when you had him on. He called him Tyus Stones. So Tyus Jones is a clutch player. He's a guy that can kind of calm and steady the troops. You know, Jordan Poole's a guy that's going to make a lot of moves, a lot of dribble moves. But Tyus Jones is a guy that can kind of settle it down, get Jordan Poole in the right spots. Because, you know, a lot of people want Jordan Poole to start the point guard. That's something that they, I think they're going to explore after the trade deadline. But I think the right move is to start Tyus Jones, a guy who's an experienced point guard. Shot the three-ball well, has a good floater. Not the best defender in the world. Not the best defender in the world, but he's a guy that stepped up in the playoffs as well. A great veteran. Uh, provides good leadership as well. He can boost up his trade value as well. Uh, but I, I think this is a good opportunity for him to to get some good numbers, showcase that he is that he can be a, a good starting point guard in the league. Not a not a top ten, top fifteen, but a, but a good starting point guard in the league, a legitimate starting point guard in the league. Get his trade value up. Another team will, will inquire. Not sure if you'll get a first round pick for Tyus Jones, but um, I think you can definitely get some good value for him. But I, I think he's going to fit really well with the guys. I think he's going to be able to create some easy looks for Corey Kispert, Jordan Poole. Set some guys up. Gafford getting to the basket. Now he's not a, he's not going to get into the lane because he's not an explosive guy. He doesn't play above the rim. He's a below the rim guy, but he's a smart guy. He knows what he can and what he can't do. He knows his limitations, but he uses the floater, other counter moves where you know he's a smaller point guard, but he still can you know get to the basket, score mid range game shooting threes. So uh, he has a plethora of moves. So I, I think he's a darn good veteran. I think he is a good pickup. I think him, him you see him and Jordan Poole already working out together in the gym, Instagram pictures and whatnot. So they're, I think they're going to get along pretty well. Uh, you know, so I, 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 I'm looking forward to see what Tyus Jones can do in a Wizards jersey. I really do. I do think it's an underrated pick. I think I do think he's a solid piece. And I think on a playoff team, he's a good backup or a possibly good starter. And I think you're just going to see the, profes- the professionalism from Tyus Jones when he's here. I think when he plays, I think Wizards fans are going to realize that, hey, they, that he is, that he's capable of being a really good point guard in this league. So um, I'm definitely intrigued to see. But stat-wise, we'll, we'll get into more of that. I guess we'll do some over-unders for him and best-case scenario and whether – you already said you think he's going to get traded. I, I kind of already said it too. But um, I guess we'll get into um, minutes for him, how many minutes we think he's going to get in the rotation because you know, he's got to split that with DeLon. Is Ryan Rollins going to get playing time? Jared Butler, you know, they kind of got a, a lot of point guards at this point. Jordan Poole's going to be playing point. So what do we think about his minutes in the rotation? And um, I guess we'll do a couple of over-unders and then we'll um, wrap it up for tonight. But before we do get into that, today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Snap into the action this NFL season with a fan with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts make them count. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? That's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That's a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? 
Well, that's literally a move. Maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house, or switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming, or you rode the stock market to the moon and back. TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and deduction you deserve. They'll file with 100% accuracy and get you your max refund guaranteed. So switch to TurboTax, make your moves, they'll make them count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com slash guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. L. So yeah, I mean, the, the commanders, we play the Eagles. We're already seven-point underdogs. So, um, you know, I, I hate to say that I would take the Eagles uh, minus seven or or beating this board more by seven. But the way we play it, it kind of it kind of looks like that, honestly. So I hate to say that. But I would take the over on... Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna say Brian Robinson. I would say the over on Brian Brian Robinson's rush yards, whatever they put it, at, they put it at, at like 50 rush yards. Mm. I would take the over, and then Terry McLaurin. He usually cooks the Eagles. He's an Eagle Slayer, so I would take the over on Terry McLaurin's receiving yards, even though he hasn't got many receiving yards this week. But lock those picks in for you. I'm a lock those picks in, guys. I'm trying to get. I'm trying to help you guys out on Fanduel. All right, so uh, let's look at the rotation here. So we got. Tyus Jones, DeLon Wright, Ryan Rollins, Jaron Butler at the point guard position. Uh, how many minutes a game do you think that Tyus Jones is going to get? Looking at last year, uh, some of his stats are a little skewed. He played in 80 games, so he's a durable guy. He's very healthy. He's a healthy guy. Yeah. A lot of, we got a lot of guys that are durable, knock on wood. Denny, Denny Avda plays in a, played in a bunch of games last year. Uh, Jordan Poole, I want to say, played in all 82 games last year. So Tyus yeah. Jones is, is, is a very healthy player. Uh, Corey Kispert didn't miss many games last year. So we got a lot of, we got a lot of durable guys. Kyle Kuzma played in a bunch of games last year. So we, we got good health. That's one positive thing I'll say about this roster is that we got a lot of durable guys. Um, that doesn't always equal to, you know, wins and whatnot. But uh, we got a lot of durable guys on the team. So 10 points a game last year, 80% from the free throw line. Uh, minutes per game were 24. But, you know, if Ja... You know, if, if he was the starting point guard, you know, because, of course, his minutes went up with Jaw, and, you know, his situation, his minutes went up. But how many minutes do you see um, Tyus Jones getting at the point guard position this season? Um, I like to see 25 to 30 minutes a night because um, he definitely – he's trying to – I mean, he's point guard, but he's trying to get his value up. He's trying to showcase. Mm-hmm. So you best believe, you know, at the deadline, there's teams out there that have superstars on their team that – they don't have that at the point guard decision. They just need a guy who's a floor general. I'm looking at maybe the Clippers. They're a point guard away, in my opinion. You know, I think, you know, so he definitely could fit in on a contending team running point. Because, you know, like I said, if you look at the Clippers, you know, you got Paul George, you got Kawhi, so they need a point guard. That might be a fit. But, you know, I definitely want to see 25 to 30. You know, maybe 25 off the bench for DeLon. I don't see too much before the deadline of, when it comes to minutes for Ryan Rollins. I just don't see it. I think they're mm-hmm. definitely going to try to evaluate the point, the backup point guard position after the deadline. So we'll see. <laughs> but I, 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 I would say definitely 25 to 30 minutes. Cause like I said, I'm trying to get him as many minutes as possible. Cause he, again, he's trying to showcase and try to get his value up to be moved at the deadline. Cause I don't see him as a long-term piece. Now, I mean, who knows? I mean, you know, a lot of things could happen. He could come in and he could average 10 assists plus. And he can really get this offense rolling, man. And maybe you consider, I mean, he's because he's not old. You know, he's at an age where, but again, how do they see him fitting the timeline going forward? You know, and obviously a lot of people want to see Jordan Poole at point guard because of how he did when Stephen Curry is out. So, yeah, definitely before the deadline, I want to see 25 to 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I can see that. I can see even more. But I mean, Delon's got to play. Got to get playing time. There's another guy that's going to be most likely being traded uh, before the de- before the trade deadline. Yeah. So he's got to get minutes. I see Delon getting twenty. You, you got to play your best defender. It's between him and Denny is the best defender. I think Delon was the best defender last year. So you, the guy who's who's your best defender, he just has to play. And there might be some lineups where you know Delon may have a better night. Where Delon had some better nights than Monte Morris. He just did, just being plain and simple and honest. He he was more effective than Monte Morris. Yeah. Now Tyus, I do think is a better player than Monte Morris. But there may be some nights where West just has to play uh, Delon over situational basketball. We need a stop. You know, we're down by, we're up by three. We need to stop. You just you got to put Delon in the game because Delon is yeah. just the better defender at this point, or just the better defender anyway. But, um, yeah, I, I think Tyus would get 30. You know, you look at some of the minutes where he had some big games. Looking at the Grizzlies, he had um, 23 points and 10 assists. He played 33 minutes. Against the Wizards, he had 17 points and five assists. Last year as a start, he played 36 <laughs> minutes. Brooklyn, 34. He had a game against Miami where he had 28 points and uh, 10 assists. And he made three threes. In that game, he played 36 minutes. So, Kind of fluctuated between like 34, 38. He had a 25 point game against the Clippers and 12 assists uh, against the Clippers. So in 36 minutes. So I, I think, I think, um, and he had a triple double as well uh, against the San Antonio Spurs. The San Antonio Spurs are, are, they were an awful team last year. 40, he played yeah. 42 minutes in that game. He had 22, he had 20 points, 10 rebounds, and 10 assists in that game. So I, I think a lot of Wizards fans are going to be surprised about how productive that ties is going to be. So I would say about 30 minutes. Uh, we brought up Ryan Rollins. Ryan Rollins might be in the G League a little bit. Jared Butler, I think he's going to be in the G League with a two K yeah. two way contract. So I think those. I think really the bulk of the minutes for the point guards is going to be between Tyus, Delon, and then Jordan Poole is going to play some point. He'll be bringing a ball up, uh, situational basketball as well. So I would say about 30, 30 about thirty minutes because Delon Delon just has to play. Um, so that that's that's where I feel on on Delon. I mean, I, I'm sorry <laughs> on Tyus, but um. <laughs> I guess I guess we'll wrap up here. Um, some of the teams that were interested in Tyus, uh, I just had it up. Where did it go? I was I saw some of the reports that where uh, teams that had interest in Tyus. So some of the teams that had interest in Tyus, uh, this was before we ended up trading for him. It was the uh, Timberwolves, the Lakers, and th- these are rumors. This is by Jake Weinback. So. Um, you know, how likely do you see him being traded? And then also looking at his numbers uh, for the over under, he averaged 10 points a game last year. So we'll wrap it up on this. How, how, how much points do you think? Would you take the over under on FanDuel for 10 points a game if they had that for time? This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Berea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Berea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Berea. 
Sometimes you and I need that kind of support too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Woo! Oh, man. Um, I would have, man, that's tough. I would, I would say over. I think he's going to, he could average 12. You know, he's, he's definitely going, because, you know, he's going to be starting full time. So he's going to have his opportunities, you know, especially, you know, driving to the paint. He's going to get to the line a lot. So um, I'm definitely, I would say 12. I'll definitely take the over. Now, looking at, he's got a lot of hands that he's going to be passing the ball to, man. It's going to be hard for him to get shot attempts because between Jordan Poole two, Kyle Kuzma with the four, uh, depending on who they had at that small four, they got Corey Kispert. That's a guy who could definitely shoot the lights out in the gym. But they have Denny, who's more known for off uh, defense. But who knows? You know, he might he might have taken a step offensively. So we'll see. But um, I definitely see 12. I think the biggest stat that I want to see as far as improvement from Ty Jones, man, is not so much scoring because mm-hmm. he's not a focal point. You know, if you're able to get 10, 12 points from him a good night, it's definitely a blessing. Um, it's assists. You know, I want to see his assist numbers go up from five to maybe eight to ten. Because like I said – you know, he could definitely protect the ball. You know, he doesn't turn over the ball a lot. He's going to have plenty of options to get assist numbers up, man, because you got a lot of shooters, man. Jordan Poole is one of those guys where he can shoot the lights out, man. And, you know, Kyle Kuzma, you know, he, he puts a lot of attempts up, man. But, you know, there's a reason why I call, they call him Clutch Coos. And, you know, Corey Kispert, the list goes on. He's going to have opportunities to get his assist numbers up. So, yeah, the, the numbers I'm looking at are assists. I like to see eight as a, as a bottom line, as a floor. You know, I think he can, he can definitely average 10. But as far as points, yeah, I think he can. I definitely take it over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so too. I think I think we are going to play with a faster pace this year. I think he's going to take. I think he's definitely going to get over ten. I think the reason why he didn't get over ten last year is because you know he split time with John Moran. When John Moran was out, he played a lot better. Was the starter. Uh, as far as assists, I do think that's going to go up as well. I think he's going to have the ball in his hands a lot more, so I could see him averaging six, six or seven assists. So I do think he's going to average a couple career highs. Uh, what do you want to see from him on the defensive end? He's not the best defender in the in the world, so. Uh, what are your thoughts and expectations for him on the defensive end of the end of the court? Really good question, man. And like you said, he's not known as a lockdown defender, but I think the biggest thing we need on the defensive end that we didn't have last year was leadership. Now we, you know, we had leadership. You know, you had Kyle Kuzma, but when I say leadership, is that communication? Defensively on communication, man, we were terrible. I mean, we had guys that didn't know their assignments. <laughs> you had guys running all over the place trying to find some communication. You know, the thing about point guard is is often compared to quarterback in, in you know, in football, which is you're that guy. You're the guy that runs the show. You're the conductor, right? So, you know, I want him. I want to see him take charge as far as defensive communication, getting your guys together. You're that guy, man. You're the you're that figurehead for this team. So I like to see him take charge as far as communication because he's not a lockdown guy, but he's going to give you effort. And sometimes, you know, effort's enough. I mean, because really – how many legit lockdown guys do you really have in this league? You have most most of your average players are they have good energy, but you know, there's very few Pat Bez or guys are locked down. You know, I mean, if you know, Denny's a lockdown guy, I believe, but you know, getting back to Tyus, yeah, I think that defensively, effort and really taking charge as far as communication. Everybody knowing their assignments, especially in transition, because E Lorden knows, man. <laughs> in transition, we were just Hard to watch sometimes, man. So, mm-hmm. yeah, take leadership, man. You're the point guard, so definitely take leadership. Yeah, I, I just want to see effort from him, from him, him moving his feet. He did average a steal per game. That's not, you know, the all end-all, be-all for defense. But, you know, I think he can get some deflections and some steals and, 
be a little bit of a pest. But um, yeah, defense is not. You know, I think he plays w- well within you know team defense and a scheme and a structure. If if Wes Unzel Jr. can get a good scheme and structure for de- for defense, he played some zone, left a lot of shooters open, uh, would double team the stars and leave a lot of guys wide open. So there is some, definitely some schemes and and, and um, defensive play calling that Wes Unzel Jr. struggled with last year. Remember the game against Kevin Durant, James Harden, leaving shooters open against the Pacers. So there's so many games that we can name that, you know, we just left wide open shoot guys that can shoot the ball, three-point specialists that we left wide open. But as far as Tyus, yeah, I mean, my expectations aren't very high for him defensively, but I just want to, you know, I think he can get some stops here and there. I mean, you look at some of the matchups that he's going to be going up against, uh, some of the best point guards in the league, like Shea Gilgis, Alexander, that's a mismatch. Steph Curry, of course, is just a tough, Tough matchup. Um, John Moran, when he comes back, there's going to be a tough matchup for him. Dame Lillard. So, I mean, there's some Trey Young, Tyrese Halliburton, De'Aaron Fox. So, I mean, there's some really good point guards out there. Just every night he's going to have a tough LaMelo ball, just to name a few guys. Jalen Brunson from New York. So, yeah, Kyrie Irving. There's, there's going to be some really tough matchups for him, you know, where he may struggle. Uh, but I think he's definitely going to get his on the offensive end of the ball. This is going to have to play really good team defense. Now, our, our defensive backcourt probably is one of the worst defensive backcourts in the league with Jordan Poole and um, Tyus Jones. So I could see why people want to see different lineups. They want to see Denny in the lineup for defense because we just don't have a lot of defensive-minded guys on the roster. So I, I, I can see why people are kind of, you know, championing and rooting for, you know, different lineups and whatnot. So we'll mix – hopefully West can mix and match the lineups. But, yeah, defensive expectations, I just want to see him communicate, like you said, getting back on defense, just doing the little things, the normal things, or seeing DeLon. You know, people may want to see DeLon get a lot of playing time just because of those defensive flaws that we have. So, yeah, I mean, I I just don't have many defensive expectations for Tyus, but I just want to see him communicate, play within whatever scheme that West Sunset Jr. may be asking for this upcoming season. So, um, but, yeah, we're going to wrap it up. Um, did you have anything, any, any other thoughts about Tyus that you want to see? Uh, the other teams that I said that were interested, I think I, I finally found it. Um, where did it go? Yeah, so this report was from Jake Weinback. This, is, this was on June 20th. He said, there should be a handful of teams expressing interest in point guard Tyus Jones, including the Nets, Bucks, Raptors, Magic, Lakers, Clippers, Timberwolves, Spurs, and Rockets. So he just threw out a bunch of teams. That is a rumor. And um, that Rockets one, that was before they got Fred Van Vliet on uh, June 20th. So we'll see what happens with Tyus, but I'm excited to see what he does this season. Is there anything else that you got, Brandon? No, sir. Uh, all I'm going to say is look, keep your eyes off the Clippers. To me, the best fit at the yeah. deadline would be the Clippers, man. Yeah, it makes sense. They're always trying to get a point guard. They try to get Brogdon as well uh, in the three-team trade. So, But all right, we're going we're to thank you guys for listening. Make sure you guys make Locked On Wizards your first listen every day. For the rest of the week, we're going to be doing season previews, player-by-player, position-by-position. So thank you guys for listening, making Locked on Wizards your first listen. Again, make sure you guys subscribe, hit the notification bell, and uh, leave a review if you can, uh, wherever you guys get a podcast or a video. Hail to the Wizards. Peace. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.